Welcome to Frown Town. I also... <laughs> <laughs> V's back. You can tell by the quality of the intro. Very well done. Uh, I just want to personally point out that uh, now in February, are you not getting numbers? And that sounds right. That's about right. It's Black History Month. I get all the numbers. That's fine. You get none. The numbers (laughs) will come back to you next month. (laughs) Reparation by (laughs) numbers. I like that the countdown reparations is what I'm getting. That's that's nice. I didn't think I would get that level of reparations. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I feel like they should at least give you two. Yeah. You know, but is it really reparations if it's just taking things away from me and not giving anything to you, Jay? That's not for me to decide, but thank you for asking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I will say this. We have uh, a guest that I'm actually very excited about. Um, And this is someone that uh, I can actually say that I voted for, which is kind of dope. I'm actually super excited about (gasps) that. Uh, I want to welcome Alicia Crank. Hi. Thanks for inviting me to come. Yeah. uh, Thank you for agreeing to be on the show. I'm actually really excited that you're here. Um, I'm going to do this thing where I'll tell you how uh, I know who you are. Um, I first saw you on a debate um, for city council and you and your debate opponent, one didn't show up. So one did not even come to the debate. And the other one was laughably (laughs) prepared, like laughably ill prepared to the point where I actually uh, actually tweeted. I was like, this is like, this is sad. The other candidate is so ill prepared. Why would you vote for this person? It it was uh, impressive to me how prepared you were for the debate, um, how uh, well you were able to, uh, well, really, really in your answers, you kind of showed that you understood what was happening in Edmonds, which uh, also kind of blew my mind because I live here, but I don't know everything that's happening. You have like a finger (laughs) on the pulse, which is impressive to me. And uh, I honestly am just super excited that you're here uh, because I, I, I admire what you know about the place I live in. You know way more about here than I do. (laughs) So much more. (laughs) So thank you for being on the show. No, no, thank you. And you know, I've been following you on Twitter as well. So mutual admiration. Oh, thank you. I just tell jokes. You get to say the things I want to (laughs) say, but can't say. Yeah. That, that is uh, the role I get to take, is I get to just say everything. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the best part of labeling yourself a comedian, is that no one takes you seriously, yeah. so you just get to say everything you think. It's the best. I'm glad I figured that out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Alicia, something I wanted to ask, uh, because I, I know you've run for city council, um, and that's... Which, by the way, you have a, a podcast about that and talking about like the Chronicles yes. running for city council. I think there's always this moment where you think like, okay, th- this is maybe something I can do, but you have that you need that little extra nudge or push. I was going to ask you, what was that yeah. moment like for you? And then was the push internal? Was it external? What what kind of nudged you to to run? Well, it it was different this time around. This was actually my third time. Okay. Yeah. And after the first two times. I was like, I'm done. You know, that was like the beginning of 2020. And I'm like, I'm just going to be a private citizen and, and be silly and and try to get my life back to normal. And then COVID yep. hit, um, which changed everything. Obviously. So much. Yeah. And so, and that's kind of what Mike Knight Seattle talk, talked about last night when I did it. It was, you know, I was just trying to stay relevant in the sense of I'm a single black female that lives alone with no kid <laughs> and, and no significant other and everyone else was you know in, in quarantine and all my friends are married with kids or booed up so I was like no one's going to be checking for me if something <laughs> happens to me who's going to know you know like days if not weeks so I just started upping my you know social media presence just trying to, you know, do fun stuff. But then, you know, everything happened with George Floyd and, and COVID. And my social media ended up kind of being an outreach tool for a lot of people. Mm. And I used it to have conversations about what it's like to be black in Edmond. Yeah. And, you know, and other people as well. And it became like a big community conversation. Then I started using that for, you know, helping small businesses, especially the restaurants with their takeout Mm -hmm. stuff and doing stuff online like that. And what was unintentional, at least for me, was that people who thought they knew me really got to know me. And so by the time we got to the end of 20, you know, 2020, they were like, you should run again. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I said, well, if, and you know, people just kept saying it, you should do it. You should do it. We know who you are now. We got you. And I said, okay, if I do this, I'm going to do it my way, which meant I wasn't going to, I mean, I'm a Democrat mm-hmm. and I said I'm a Democrat, but I wasn't like running as part of a ticket. I wasn't trying to get like endorsements from people that are currently on the council or the mayor or anything mm-hmm. like that. I just wanted to be completely independent and be my own person, which people say you can't do that, but I totally did it. And <laughs> 
I think the push to your original question was, you know, I set up, I started announcing maybe January of 2021, which is very early in the season to do mm-hmm. it. And money just started coming in from nowhere. Oh, nice. wow. It was, and, and anyone that tells you when you try to fundraise, I'm a professional fundraiser for a nonprofit, but campaign fundraising is its own different thing. And it's a completely weird situation. Yeah. And I don't think I made one fundraising call. Oh, wow. The entire time. People were just like, here, here. You know, it's like, it was like that meme where they're like, yeah, here, take, take my, my money. money. You know, it was, Do you think it was that-, that. And it was really humbling because yeah. it was people I had never actually physically met, but they got to know mm-hmm. me through the stuff on social mm-hmm. and seeing what I was doing in the community. And they were like, yeah, just keep doing that. We, we feel like we know who you are and we want to support you in doing this. So I would say that was the push because... By the time you get to the month of May, that's when you have to officially file. Mm-hmm. So someone can say January, February, they're running and then never file. Yeah. So by the time right. I got to the filing week, it was like, I'm in. Yeah. Hey, you got all that money. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's insane how much money it took to run for city council in Edmonds, a relatively small town because, yeah. well, it's Edmonds. Yeah. Yeah. People, <laughs> like, people don't understand the amount i mean i'm i only know from the perspective of like seeing a friend of mine run for office and like the amount of money it's not even just the amount of money that you're spending on things like you know uh ads and and posters and shit like that but it's also like the time that you have to take away from like whatever you're doing for work uh so that you can do political stuff like yeah it's it's a lot more than just uh, campaign managers. Have a very understanding boss. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, to give you the flexibility to do it. So shout out to my boss. And, you know, you also have to make sure, especially working in the nonprofit world, you have to make sure that, you know, you don't cross things because mm. nonprofits, especially a 501c3 specifically, yeah. you know, can't have any political affiliation. So I had to make sure that whatever I was doing publicly was not during company time or what could be perceived as company time. I could never talk about it at work. I mean, you know, I worked from home, so it was no big deal to not do that. But right. yeah, I mean, you, it's a fine, you have to go through some hurdles. I, I imagine because there's so much regulation around just just keeping oh, yeah. that status as a nonprofit, not to mention the regulations yeah. around political campaigns <laughs> and yes. funding. Uh, and I, I imagine there's some overlap there and it's not a great Vince diagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, because there's something that you mentioned earlier about Black and Edmonds, and I wanted to talk about that a bit. Uh, am I right in sure. assuming that that's something that you started and founded? Yes. Awesome. You want to talk a little bit more about Black yeah. and Edmonds? Sure. I love it personally. So- and I uh, discovered it and I didn't realize that you were connected to that uh, almost until maybe right now. <laughs> so... Yes, <laughs> I, I know it exists, and, and I, I think, and I, I know that I've seen like your name attached to it. But I thought maybe you were just uh, yeah. like, oh well, this is a person who's black in Edmonds that we admire. I didn't realize that you started and ran that, so that's amazing. I started. <laughs> so, so it again, it's one of those things where I think it's going to be a one-time thing, and then people are like, keep yeah. going. So it, so black in Edmonds was a response to not being reached out to during everything that was happening with George mm-hmm. Floyd. And, you know, we have two media outlets here, specifically in Edmonds, and they would publish stories around what was happening, but it was all white people they were talking to. And it was all the other white people who were responding to those stories. And I'm looking like, I know these editors know at least one black person in Edmonds, at least more than me. Um, they know me, but I know that they know at least a couple of others. And I was just kept going. By the time they would reach out to me or someone else for a comment, it's like days after it's been talked about and no one's trying to hear from us at that mm-hmm. point. And so, you know, I, I gathered the troops and I said, you know, I, and there was a few people I didn't even know directly. I knew they were black and they lived in Edmonds and, and some of us ran in different circles, which is what I wanted too. Cause I didn't, I think I wanted to break that sense of all black people think the way, same mm-hmm. way. Cause we don't, yep. um, that we all kind of share the same brain. We don't. And so, you know, I got together and myself, Darnisha Weary, uh, Donnie Griffin and a couple of others. I just reached out and said, Hey, can we just kind of do this kind of kitchen table conversation so that we can say what we think about what's going on? And it was just supposed to be a one-time thing. And so we got the people together. We, you know, set up the Zoom link. I shared it with some people. Next thing I know, you know, the media was like, Oh my God, can we print it? And I'm like, sure. Then there were people that were like wanting to sign up to, to listen. Mm-hmm. And so we did that. And I'm going to tell you, the one thing I did that I got flack for, but I'm so happy that I did it, was 
when we did it as, as a Zoom, you know, I was just going to do it as a typical Zoom, not like a webinar. But when I saw who started to sign up to watch, I'm like, I just, and people were, you know, Zoom bombing yeah. other places. I was like, you know what? If I'm going to ask these people to come and share their experiences, I need to make sure that I give them as much protection as possible. Mm. So then I turned it into a webinar and they were like, we want to be able to ask questions. I'm like, you can, I'll see it, <laughs> you know, and I'll relay it. But I said, but more so, this is about, you guys need to listen to us. This is not a Q&A. Yeah. And so we did the conversation and I think a lot of people were really surprised because we were, there's a couple of times where we were gently bumping heads with each other, which is what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Because again, it was like, I needed people to understand that just because, you know, five people in the room are all African American don't mean that we all have the same life experiences or the same opinions on something. So that was like the biggest piece of feedback that I got from the majority audience. Well, they're like, oh my God, I didn't know that you guys would think differently. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Frustrating yes. me so. We're not a monolith. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. <laughs> wow. And so people were starting to email me right after. And they're like, oh my God, can you please do another one? Can you please do another one? And so, you know, what was it? 11 episodes later? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I ran into that, uh, interestingly enough, at a point where I was having a bit of an issue with the Edmonds Police Department. Um, long story short, yeah. I was walking up and down the road out front of where I live, and a cop, it was me and my wife just kind of walking, it was like at, right at the start of the quarantine, and I was just trying to like get outside. And we mm -hmm. were walking, and uh, Edmonds Police uh, Cruiser's like going the opposite way sees us turns around pulls up the street and then pulls into a church parking lot and then just watches us as we walk down the street past him and then when we turned around and came back because we had got to a certain point where we ran out of sidewalk just continued to watch us as we came back and then uh i saw that and i tweeted about it because uh i've been black in other places before i've been black in a lot of places before and i know what that is i understand mm -hmm. how, what that is and so i tweeted about it Long story short, it got to then, I think it's, I don't think Best is the police chief anymore, but it got to, not Best, uh, is it Lawless? Lawless. Lawless yeah, it yeah. got to Lawless. <laughs> yeah. That's it, Lawless? That, no, that's literally his last name. The chief ah! is Nate Lawless, which I feel like that dis would disqualify you by default, but whatever. I get it. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, Aunt Jay, it's perfect, because who are the... Number one people who don't follow their own regulations. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And so his name is Lawless, uh, just <laughs> leaning into it, literally. And, yeah. and so uh, it, as it turns out, one of the people who uh, follows me, and I won't out this person, but one of the people who follows me who is a comedian is friends with Lawless and showed him that tweet. And so they've tried, Lawless tried to reach out to me and wanted to talk to me. And I, at this point, I was so upset and bitter about it. I almost mm. took the conversation, but my wife talked me out of it because she was like, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> She She's knows like, I know you. what you're gonna say, and they're probably gonna have our address. And I feel like you shouldn't. I feel like you shouldn't like give them our address and then say what you're gonna say. And I was like, all right, fine. So I didn't. Uh, but it, it's it. I discovered that series right as that was all happening, and it was at a time when I was like, I feel like I'm the only black person in Edmonds, uh, where I live. There's more black people in here now, but at the time we were the yeah. first black people to move in, and it was not a great experience for us. And yeah, I think we only make up 1.6%. Yeah, it's a, it, we're not very wow. many. And so it's it's yeah. it's one of those things where it, I I truly at that point felt like okay there are other black people here and I and in listening to it I was like a lot of the same conversations that are happening that are that some of the things we're talking about especially surrounding uh, I think the the series that I or the episode I saw the most of was the one that was right after everything that happened with George Floyd where we were legitimately talking about policing in Edmonds and how we felt about it. I feel like that episode, I was like, okay, so I feel a little bit more seen here and I'm not the only person who's not having, you know, the rosiest experience. And I'm, I'm not saying that I expect to, but by the same token, I think it was, it was nice to know that I wasn't, it, it wasn't just like, all right, it's just me. It's just, it's, it's the, the, the mission accomplished. Yeah. So I appreciate that. That's why I, I didn't realize that's why you started it, which that's awesome. Uh, I'm actually, uh, so there you go. One more person that was black in Edmonds who actually felt seen. Well, I had to make sure I, I think the difference is, is that I, I made sure that they knew that I was here. Um, so quick story. So mm. before I moved here in 2014 mm -hmm. from the Bay Area, I was down in a town called Mountain View. I grew up in Detroit though. So Detroit to the heart. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. We've talked about but that. But I spent like 17, 18 years down in Silicon Valley and the town I lived in was called Mountain View. And, you know, I would still be there if the cost of living just hadn't gone through the roof. And I think mm. we can all start to relate to that here yeah. now. Um, and so, but I had a really good relationship with police and fire down there because of the job that I had as a community person down there. 
there. So the first thing I did once I moved up here is I called the PD Mm -hmm. and asked for a meeting with the chief. And he met with me. And at that time, it was Chief Compan, who has since retired. And so, you know, and I could tell he was kind of looking like, you know, what's the problem? Like, nothing. I was like, I just moved here. I want you to know who I am. (laughs) You know, I want to know who you are. This is the town I moved from. I had a really great relationship with their police chief down there and their senior staff because of what I used to do for a Mm -hmm. living. And I want to be able to have the same thing up here. And that was very genuinely true. But I also understood as someone who also, you know, Mountain View was another town that I lived in that was twice the size population wise as Edmonds, but still 1.6% of the population African-American. And I felt some sense of, you know what, I want certain people in this community to know who I am so that if something should happen to mm-hmm. me, I want someone to recognize me and go, oh, we know who she is in a good way. Yeah. And, right. And- it's weird that you feel like you have to let them know who you are, though, because yeah. otherwise you're just a random black woman. Right. Yeah. Uh, I cannot personally imagine calling up the police and being like, hello, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to know. And, I want to, and I'll be watching, not stalking, but I'll be watching. And I want you to know that I see you and you see me. And let's make sure we have a good relationship. How was that? You just went all like staying up in the, the you're like, every breath you take. <laughs> how was that? How was that met? Like, was, was, were that, was that positive? Did you feel that? He, no, he, he liked it. And I will tell you, up until fairly recently, we had a really good relationship, okay. even after he, you know, retired. I will give him credit for this, which is, you know, ever since that time, anytime I would call or email him and say, hey, can I have a meeting? He never asked me what it was about. He would just say, sure, when you want to come. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So he always yeah. made himself available. He never, you know, qualified it. He never said, you know, can you tell me why you're coming? He never did okay. that. Okay, that's good. But the other thing that he would do is he, he for better or for worse, because there's people that have very strong opinions about him one way or mm-hmm. the other, and I'm on the fence right now, but... One thing I will give him credit for is that he was very intentional in trying to do as much diversity hiring as he could. Okay, that's good. And so every time I would meet with him, he would just kind of involuntarily grab the binder and show me, <laughs> you know, let me tell you, who, you know, the new hires that I've brought on and kind of their longevities and stuff. And so whether it's, you know, female or minority, um, he really did have that focus I... for, for older white men. Yeah. That was what he did, and I will never take that away from him. And, you know, that was what he did. So I will I will say that that was a focus. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe sometimes I feel like if it was like a trans cop beating me with a baton, I would, it would feel a little sexy, maybe. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think the, <laughs> Ooh, this is, this is community-oriented. To, to that point, though, I think it's, it's, it's a start to an extent. To an extent you know what I mean? Because I think part yeah. of the... Obviously, there, there's more to be done than just like, hey, they look like you now, uh, and here are the cops. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think, no, totally. I, th- I think there is something to be said for legitimately trying to find people who have other life experiences, who when they come into a situation, for example, a trans cop may still beat you, uh, but we'll come to the right. situation. Yeah, we'll, we'll come to the situation with they, they got they got all that testosterone. Yeah, we'll come to a situation with a, a, like at least an understanding of who you are. So you're getting beat by someone representationally. I mean, I, it's it's a, it's, a me, step, <laughs> it's a step. It's a step. Well, I'll, I'll actually give you another well, example too. There's a, there's um I won't use any names because I want to respect people's mm-hmm. privacies. But sure, um I went on a police ride along. Mm-hmm. They they let candidates go on ride alongs last year because you know yeah. um and. <laughs> The act, the acting chief and I were, you know, kind of talking about things. And I did this ride along and I kind of went across two um, shifts. And so I got to be at the end, kind of end part of the afternoon shift and in the beginning of an evening mm-hmm. shift. And I asked what I thought was a pretty innocent question. And when we were getting ready to do the second shift, and I just asked everyone kind of like what their background was, you know, if they had degrees or whatever, because I just wanted to know the experience. And I could tell that one person felt really uncomfortable by the question. Mm. And as soon as I caught that, I said, you know, I said, I don't even have my college degree. So that's not, <laughs> I said, I am not judging in that. I'm just curious about life experiences because a lot of people that come into law enforcement come from other 
places, yeah. you know, other careers. And that was the case. And But the, the officer that I got to ride with, you know, he was like, I'll tell you my story in the car. So we're in the cruiser and we're, you know, driving around. He is someone that grew up in Vegas, um, then moved here um, to the northern part of the state. Um, has some run-ins with the law as a youth. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have his college degree. He did get his diploma. Um, but he had been on the straight and narrow for years and he was inspired to want to become a police officer. And for six years... He applied for so many different jurisdictions, whether it was county, state, smaller jurisdictions. No, as soon as he, you know, checked that box on the application that he had previously been arrested, he was DQ'd mm-hmm. no matter what. And his PD was the only one that gave him a chance after six years. And so he's been, I want to say he's been an officer now for almost three years. Yeah. And you know, I'm just saying, so it's like, it's, I think there's, there's something to those kind of stories. It's like, it doesn't always have to be that. Yeah. And he's a Latino man. So, you know, he was, you know, so he brings in different language skills too. And there's a relatability, especially with the, you know, we, I got to see him pull somebody over mm-hmm. that didn't have their license or insurance and how he handled that situation. Mm-hmm. And it was very different from the officer I saw do it earlier that yeah. day. I was going to say, I feel like there's some contextualization there because he's been in the quote unquote system. <clears throat> I think yeah. once you've had someone throw cuffs on you and like throw you around and, or you've been in general population, you get the idea of how it feels and, you know, yeah. the, being on the other side of it. I think you approach it differently. Uh, I, I find it interesting that that's an automatic disqualification, but I, I also get that because there's the weird space where, you know, if someone is, uh, has been, you know, uh, and, and I hate this contextualization, but it's this weird space where we have to admit that our jails are not set up for rehabilitation. Uh, they're right. set up to be punitive. And so anytime you want to hire someone who's a police officer, you have to make this assumption where the jails are punitive. They're not rehabilitative. So if you've been to jail, you just got punished. You didn't change that we know. And I I wish that were not the case. Well, and not for nothing, but like, uh, I mean, you know, like, you don't want to be a cop who goes to jail and there's a lot of yeah. reasons for that. Right. Like people who... <laughs> I think in the case of like having been to jail, like like in, in this person's case who went to jail and then afterwards was like, you know what, change of heart and now I want to be on the quote unquote right side of the law and decide to become a, a police officer. I feel like there's a contextualization for him or them uh, because in all honesty, they understand what it feels like to be cuffed, to be arrested, to go through jail, to go through the system, yeah. to go through trials. They know what that feels feels like and there's the, yeah. i think i would hope that person would have uh, at least some empathy or compassion towards the people they were w- working with i mean you you think that too i also think about you know the 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 sort of training that police go through is very complete and whole like there is this like very strong kind of mm-hmm. insular sense of community within police officers like and i've seen it change people from yeah. you know being a, a a more chill person and i know they see a lot of shit but like i've seen it change and I think that's people. the nuance right right but like it's also like i mean i've known uh for i mean and obviously different example but i've known people sort of in the addiction community who are like used to be addicts and then later on like instead of having compassion for addicts they were actually more punitive and more likely to yeah. be like oh fuck these junkies yeah. because they were trying to sort of differentiate themselves from the rest of uh that community and distance yeah. themselves so i feel like it could go yeah. either way it's so hard to say and the training and in some departments the brainwashing that happens is so complete um, because if you don't follow what the rest, of, and it's not even just that, if you don't follow what they're doing, there can be some serious yeah. consequences. Well, it's like trying to pick uh-huh. a lock and assuming that moving one tumbler is going to do it. It's not. And, right. and all of yeah. it is just, you need to move all the tumblers. There's a lot of different places we need to move. And there's a lot of different changes we need to make. And to your point, that one change, uh, maybe hiring someone who's, you know, who looks more like the community or, uh, hiring someone who's had an experience as, uh, a felon or as a mister, you know, with a felony or a misdemeanor. I think in those cases, uh, that might make a change, but it's not enough because there's, to your point, the training, uh, the brotherhood, the, uh, unaccountability written yeah. to the law because there's so many other things that aren't being changed we can't assume that just making that one change will do the do the thing and, and fix it but at the same time we can't pretend like we're not trying to like pick the lock right so i mean like we're still trying right. we're still trying sure. to pick it <laughs> i mean we moved the tumbler i mean that that still counts for something yeah uh, yeah it's it part counts. of it it's, it's just we need to do more but at the same i don't want to detract from it because if it, to, to the point and i hate this about uh and I, I realize we're off topic and i apologize for this but i hate this in general uh about uh 
trying to make you know basic changes there's so much broken that uh any amount of change doesn't do enough and we typically are like that's not enough instead of saying like all right thank you for that little bit but we still have more to do so i i I want to say thank you a little bit for the acknowledgement at least you're trying to do something uh and the Mm -hmm. the problem is so largely overwhelming that that one little thing if we can get like you to do that one thing and maybe someone else do their one little thing and someone else do one little thing maybe we solve a problem but you know anyway uh but you make a solid point i i I do think we need to make that point that there is more that needs to be done i just don't want to miss that we did something yeah okay cool Mm -hmm. uh so we are gonna go to break in like three minutes so i'm trying to think of like a three minute question i think i have it i think i did it i think i have it okay uh so you are from detroit we had a whole yes. conversation about detroit style pizza i, I remember us yes. having this conversation uh, i love detroit style pizza i have had it unfortunately uh there's not any places that make fresh detroit style pizza so i have to just eat pizza from edmonds so uh, i assume that you've also had pizza oh, no. in edmonds Best place for pizza in Edmonds, <laughs> in your opinion, and give me the worst place for pizza in Edmonds. Why are you trying to get me in trouble? I, I with will, the worst. Pizza I'm going to go with best and worst with you. You're not by yourself, so you're not alone. I'm just saying, you know how many restaurant tours I know in Edmonds. Well, don't, don't name any you know like. I'm, just don't... I'm still trying to get up in there and get the hookup. Okay, fair, fair. Uh, places. Okay, how about this? Play, pizza place in Edmonds. I should go. Okay. Pizza place in Edmonds. I should go last. So not okay. worse. Just I should go there last. <laughs> okay okay last i have a good one for last because i'm safe little caesars okay that's fair but i'm gonna say that's the closest that i get to traditional Mm -hmm. detroit style pizza because especially the the baby pan pan that's what we used to call them now is that is detroit style crust um i love portofino's pizza me too i am a portofino i do like portofino's it's it's a little Uh, it's a little too cheesy for me like like a smidge too cheesy like a smidge but i do like it it's like the sauce is really good I do like Portofino's. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that coming. Now I have a new. Now I have a new favorite. Oh, though. what do you got? Um, Niles Peacock's Kitchen and Bar. I haven't been there. So he is in Salish Crossing. So it's downtown by the water where Bridges Bottle Shop and a few other places mm-hmm. are. Niles is like a. a bartender like extraordinaire so he used to be at 190 sunset left there opened his own place in Wally for COVID happened shut down now he has his place mm-hmm. there um so he's, you go there for the cocktails you don't necessarily go there for the food but he's been you know studying under another pizza guy that does like sourdough willies oh. um so his crust is sourdough uh-huh. so he makes you Ooh. know some kind of interesting pizzas but he made one and do not laugh at me that I that he made because I made a suggestion off the cuff but I love it he made a um uh, not cauliflower uh brussels sprout pizza that sounds actually interesting brussels sprout and bacon it is delicious i'd be into that oh i bet it's yeah. crunchy it is delicious that sounds really mm. good he, he's calling it the brussels wilson <laughs> 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 i like a good pun <laughs> That's good. That I will. Ch- I honestly will check that out. I one hundred percent love me a good pizza. I've been trying to find right now. My favorite is Romeo's, uh, but it's more about proximity. Really? It's more about proximity than actual good. Mm. It's just close enough to where I'm like, yeah, I want that. But it's always like the closest pizza. I don't know. Like everywhere I've lived in, in Edmonds and in Everett, Romeo's was the closest yeah. place to me, and I don't understand how that's possible. Yeah, we got to get you away from proximity. Yeah, I got to get away from proximity. Though, <laughs> again, do love Portofino. Okay, that actually brought us a break. I was right. It was a three minute question um <laughs> when we come back from break we'll have more with alicia crank welcome back to frown town uh, can i just say the pressure i felt to sing and, I, and like the pressure the pressure i felt to sing i didn't do it i'm proud of myself for not getting into the peer pressure but i had a lot of i was like should i sing i should sing v sang but like i'm not v he's a singer i'm not a singer i got so close to singing and i spared you all because i can't sing i'm not v I love when you mm, sing. You say that, but we all know what it sounds like. Um, <laughs> yeah, like a, the voice of an angel. If angels were meant to torture people, yes, that is. I am the angel of torture. Do you think? Do you think we could have beat Morning Joe without you having the voice of an angel? I think. Uh, the, oh. I think me not singing is why we beat Morning Joe. <laughs> None of the episodes I sang in beat Morning Joe. I'm never gonna stop. Singing. I'm never gonna stop telling people that we knocked him off the chart. Yeah, it's it's. I'm never gonna it's stop. our claim to fame. Uh, I mean, we can talk. I was gonna mention at the end of the show, but I guess we can just fire right into that. Uh, We're poised to knock Tucker Carlson Carlson off the uh, uh, podcast charts. We're on Good Pods, uh, which we just joined a month ago. Um, so we're an indie podcast on Good Pods. Uh, we're okay. number five in indie podcast on Good Pods, which is just in listen. So thank you very much to listeners. Uh, but we're number 
twenty. What were you like twenty one? I think we went up to like twenty two or twenty three. It was like yeah, like it was in the in the, the mid twenties, hey, early twenties. Uh, and we we passed. Uh, I've been giggling about it because we've been passing like sponsored like MSNBC money podcasts, <laughs> and it's yeah, it just like NPR podcast. Yeah, there's podcasts. <laughs> I don't feel bad. I feel bad about passing NPR podcasts. You should listen to those. Those are Maybe those are right. the only ones I would say are eh, like they're fine. They're well researched. Right. They sound fun. <laughs> they sound awesome. I would I listen to NPR podcasts, but I, so I feel bad about passing them. But the MSNBC podcast, the the Fox News podcast, I feel great about that because they're putting a lot of money in to lose yeah. to me, which is like yes. So I'm really psyched about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, having said that, I want to make sure that I mention that we are joined by Alicia Crate, who's our <laughs> guest. <laughs> Because we got a little sidetracked uh, for some reason talking about ourselves. I love it. That's what we're going to turn into, isn't it? it? We're going to turn into, we just talk about ourselves, the whole podcast. We just talk. Uh, isn't that the trajectory of every podcast? Yeah. That's, fame is going to claim us. It's going to happen. We're going to get too successful. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I, it it's, I will say it, it is a little humbling when I think about the fact that it did take 100 episodes to get here. So it does humble me a little bit. There's there's my humbleness. Wow. I, we did two years before anyone was like, hey, we should listen to that. So that's my humble. Okay. <laughs> One so, of my parents listened to it once. Yeah, that's true. But uh, <laughs> counterpoint, same parent was on the show. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> it sounds good until actually it doesn't even sound that good until you say that and then it's just all bad it's like yeah he only listened to the episode he was on uh, though it was a great episode uh, Torture Flutes right was it Torture Flutes and other medical yeah, devices about torture, flutes. torture Flutes and other yeah, medical my, devices my, yeah. episode 50 something um, <laughs> Alicia uh, so yeah. one of the things that we've talked about is that you ran for city council um, yes and that was an experience that uh, singular I think for you because it's only you could run for this council uh sorry i had a, a thing i was gonna say and i realized it was it was it wasn't good as i was saying it but here's my question um okay. i as i was uh considering you as a candidate which ultimately i did vote for we'll mention that again I, I mentioned the debate that i saw uh, and so then i started kind of doing like some some general legwork to look up things about you uh and see other articles and something i noticed that was in an article uh that um i, I mentioned to you as well that I found interesting was one person said they w- were not considering you as a candidate because, and I, I want to make sure I quote here. So let me, I do have <laughs> I know it, what it is. I, I do have it pulled up. Uh, I know what it is. <laughs> uh, you are a member of too many uh, committees uh, that, you, and, and honestly, it said that they don't think that you could do it because you, you do too much for the community. Yeah. Um. So when I saw that, my first thought was too successful. You, yeah, you do too much for the community. Too much. Um. My first thought to that She's was too well yeah, dressed. Like she's too like. <laughs> and the the weird part about that is there were other people below that comment being mm-hmm. like, I agree. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like my question to you is is uh and, and I don't wanna uh I don't wanna mansplain intersectionality, but do you feel that yeah. uh, <laughs> that 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 would be something that would be said about someone white or someone who's no. a man? You know, it's well I'm gonna tell you, it one of the reasons why like I said, this is my third time doing mm-hmm. it, right? Um and so you're probably like, Well, why did you do a podcast for this one? This race was so much significantly different than the other two. And that was because when it first started out, the same people who were trying to, you know, dismantle me and discredit me by saying that I was doing too much, mm-hmm. um, were at the very beginning of the year, wanted to have coffee and talk and try to get me to, they didn't want me to not run. They wanted me to run for a different position. Yeah. They didn't want me to run against the person that eventually won because they wanted to, to get rid of the other two. And they did successfully get rid of the other two, mm-hmm. but I said, I'm not going to be a weapon. So once they figured out that that wasn't going to be the case, it was like, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do to get rid of her? Like, what can we do to discredit her as opposed to let's do what we can to support the person we want. Right. So there was this whole character assassination thing, but they couldn't find anything. They unsuccessfully twice tried to use my personal medical bankruptcy against me, but I had already talked about it. It wasn't a secret. Mm -hmm. People were not turned off by that, so that didn't work. I mean, who who doesn't have medical? I'm just saying that, but you know, <laughs> right. it's like, oh my, hey. so they tried to spin that. that didn't, That's relatable. No, they did it. They tried to do it twice. They tried to do it in 2019 and in 2021, and this, the news wouldn't pick it up. They're like, well, I think the part of the reason why I didn't get picked up because when I ran in 2019, I was also going through my second round of cancer. Oh yeah. And so I think someone said that would not be a good look to try to yeah. put down someone that's going through chemo right and- now. 
So now in remission? No, I was, I was, no, I'm in remission now. Are yes. you in remission yes. now? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And so, and then when I tried to do it this year, again, it was like, it's already been talked about there. I'm not ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to hide it. Then true story. They sent the private investigator after me. What? And yes, they did. <laughs> um, Quick and question. again, this person just Edmonds Bay. Did they at least hire so much money? No, it was some what? some MAGA type guy out of Lacey. And they Ew. didn't even hire local. So you had you had a literal you had a Trump supporter stalking yes. you, basically. Ugh. Yes, they spent so much money and, on this. And are these are these also Democrats? <laughs> no, no, they're Republicans. Yeah. Okay, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> And and that didn't... The, the Democrats aren't necessarily no, better not. Right. at. Uh, I, I feel you on that. Yeah. <laughs> so they did the private investigator thing. Still nothing. But the thing was that I found out about it um, before they could attempt to do damage. How did you? If you don't mind me asking. No, I get to, um something that you probably hear me say. You see me say on Twitter and on social media is that there is no such thing as a secret group on Facebook. Okay. Yep. Yeah. There's always somebody infiltrating one of those groups. Mm-hmm. And several people were infiltrating those little groups and telling me what was going on with receipts. Got it. Yep. And so. Very style, baby. (laughs) Yeah. And so when I saw these two particular people and they were going to build upon it and add some lies to it and try to ruin my professional reputation, I called them out publicly Mm. and said, don't do it. Because I will put all this business out in the street. That stopped them from yeah. doing it. So they did, They couldn't well, find it, the bad thing. Because I'm out here doing good yeah. in my community. I'm helping small businesses. I'm helping people. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, what can right. we do? So let's use what she's doing against her. It's like, okay, she volunteers too much. There's no <laughs> way. She's just, she's just showing up to those committees. She's not doing any real work. And like, you can't yeah. do that. And I'm like, again... If you think about what a council member does, they have to sit on five or six different committees on top of their council responsibilities. So I'm like, so the fact that I sit on five different other things actually puts me ahead of anyone coming in fresh that's never had to do something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was petty. <laughs> well, you know, and I find I find just how it's funny to me, and I see this on, on the left and the right, yeah. but like the right in particular so bad at OPSEC, like (laughs) so bad at like, they don't think about the fact that anyone could possibly see what they're doing online. They don't understand it enough. I don't think. Um, I feel like there's a certain certain element in Edmonds that think that Edmonds exists in this bubble. They're they're special. It's a special town. I love it here, but you know, that is what that is. Uh, Out of, (laughs) <laughs> out of all of your, uh, out of all the accomplishments that you've done, because you've clearly been doing a bunch of stuff since before, you know, even before you started running for office, what thing are you the most like, brings you the most joy? Um, That's a good question. You know, I would say the one that probably brings me the most joy is the one that's going to be coming up fairly certain. So again, like I said, I keep doing these things that I'm thinking it's going to be a one-off and it turns into yeah. a series so I, uh-huh. I started Edmonds International Women's Day um, again back in 2019. It was supposed to be a one-off and something for the kids, you know, for underserved girls and women because Captain Marvel was coming out that year uh-huh. on International Women's Day. So it's just going to be a big movie event. And then it turned into a, a lunch and a movie event. Then it was like, okay, you're going to do this next year, right? So now we're on year four. And, nice. and we're doing that on um, March the 5th. And we're doing it as a hybrid. Last year when I did it, it was completely virtual because everything was virtual. And we actually sure. did it over two days. And our keynote speaker was Sue Bird. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. That was that was a lot of fun. So we have, um, we're doing it again this year, hybrid, one afternoon with a VIP after party. So, <laughs> um, but I say, I say that's the one that brings me joy because, you know, if you've ever done any type of event planning or even when you're trying to recruit for stuff like this, usually the hardest part is getting people to be the speakers or to participate. Mm-hmm. And that has yeah. honestly been the easiest part. I just ask and they're like, yeah, I'm in, you know, and I'm like, nice. really? Me? Okay, great. I'm glad, you know, <laughs> that. but that seems to be kind of the one equalizing thing too, as far as even the people that lean a certain way get behind mm-hmm. this event mm-hmm. and they help sponsor it 
and invite people and things like that because it it it, it kind of centers us back to what I wanted it to be. It's like, can we just be women, not Republican yeah. women, not Democratic women, not Libertarian, not whatever? Like, just foundationally, let's come together as women. One afternoon, yeah. one day. That's great. So that I would say that's the one that brings me the most joy because I have a lot of fun with it. It's a lot of work, um, but it's always a good turnout, and I'm excited about it. And that's the fourth one. Yeah. Wow. Fourth. Nice. Are there little kids cosplaying as superheroes? <laughs> That year, <laughs> it was funny. That year we did. So I'm gonna tell you when we did it. You know, again, I just I just put it out in the atmosphere, and I just hope that it works out. But I'm always paid. I'm always prepared to just pay the money, and I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And I would right. say, like, literally a week before we were supposed to do it in 2019, on you know March the 8th, um, someone in my network circle who works for Alaska Airlines was like, "Oh, you're you're doing something like that? You know, we're gonna, we're putting Captain Marvel on our plane, and and we want to participate." Participate. And I'm like, okay. And then someone at the Seattle Storm heard about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're doing a whole thing. And we want to help sponsor it, too. And we want to, you know, help you. So I had to, like, move the movie theater into a bigger one. Oh, nice. Because nice. they wanted to, like, have girls, on, you know, the, the girls and the mentors from Girls on the Run, King County, mm-hmm. and Snohomish County be a part of it. So this one little thing by me ended up being, like, this big sponsored corporate thing in the course of a week and they've been partners with us ever since so it's 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 been oh, a lot of fun i love alaska airlines is that is that what you yeah, said alaska yeah. i love them especially now they fly out yeah. of the best <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> excellent alaska is great. yes um so I, I guess another question that i wanted to ask uh and maybe this got covered or answered is so you've ran three times yes. Uh, I'm assuming learning things each time as you went along the way. So if you had refined things that you've learned down to like, uh, maybe for people who are considering yeah. running locally, who may be listening, uh, if you could refine it down to like, here are the three things oh, you God. need to be, <laughs> or, <laughs> or here are some key things, yes. maybe not a number. Here are some key things that you should think about, uh, as you're considering taking this step forward so some just some things that you think are even like some things you wish you had known back at year one yeah and again that's why i ended up doing the podcast because the third time was really the time where i got to see everything not Mm -hmm. just from the people that wanted to support me but i got to see the underbelly from the other side and i did that podcast i'm like you know what i'm not gonna do this again not doing it Mm -hmm. and but i don't want to discourage anybody else by what they saw to not do it i'm like no Here's four parts. Here are the highs and the lows of everything that happened so that when you do it, this is who you need to look out for. (laughs) This is who you need to lean into and you need to trust your gut. So I would say maybe that's the three, but I would say one is, you know, do it for yourself and be your authentic self. Um, And especially this past election, I think people put on a lot of airs and we're Mm -hmm. not really true to who they are. It's being exposed now and people are regretting who they voted for. Oh, of course. Because... Yeah. What they said versus Huge. what they're doing is not necessarily the same thing. Largely different. I, I know exactly who we're talking uh-huh. about here, but yes, so, yeah. largely <laughs> so, different. <laughs> you know, so I'll say, yeah. So, you know. The controversy is huge right now, but yes. And it's not going to go away anytime soon, sadly. Um, just mm-hmm. be true to yourself. Know why you're doing it. And don't pretend to be someone that you're not. Mm-hmm. And I would say maybe too, not just politically, but I would say for anybody in, even in their stage of career right now is own all of your experiences. Own them. You don't, you know, I didn't graduate from college, but yet I probably make more right now than most of some of my peers that did. You know, I worked mm-hmm. hard for what I do. Um, yeah. So to not feel shame because you don't have a certain level of education or that you didn't serve in the military because for some reason in this community that's an automatic yay um, or guarantee for something when you don't know what the hell you're doing. Um, and, you know, know, know the things that you want to work on. Don't be anybody's puppet. Excellent. Yeah, no, and nobody wants, uh, I mean, a politician with a hand up their ass. Yeah. Like, but it happens more often than you think. Oh, it's most yeah. of them. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm t- I mean, that, and I think that's it's harder than what you may think. Like I said, when I said that I was gonna, you know, yeah. do this my way, I get I get hit a lot mentally with you just need sure. to toe the line or just toe the line till you get there. And then I'm like, no, I'm that's yeah. not who I am. This is who you're gonna get. Yeah, that's that's something I've seen. It's been really, uh, you know, interesting to like watch. Uh, certain uh, I, I keep seeing uh, Alexandra Hunt who's we had her on the podcast uh, a few months back and is running in Philadelphia yeah. um, for local office and she's running and she was somebody who had been a 
a stripper in the past Mm -hmm. and she decided like, yeah, I'm just gonna, they're going to find it anyway. So I'm just going to put it out there. And I'm, I'm seeing more and more of that, of just people. I mean, there was that one guy who's running in Louisiana who's like smoking oh, a blunt. blunt in, the, in the field, in the chair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. He's just like looking like a fucking, like a Toby Nguyenge video. Just yeah. like, here's my blunt. <laughs> like, and I was a bit outside of my comfort zone. But, but it's to your point, though. And I think that's one of the reasons why some of the, the opposition against me didn't go as far as they wanted it to. So I'm like, I'm, I'm not afraid to talk about my own stuff. Right, right. I know what's out there. Well, and I think people are starting to real uh, like I think the, the feeling like most people when I hear them say I don't like politicians, mm-hmm. the thing that they don't like is yeah the lies and the fakeness and the hypocrisy and the um the withholding you know that's like a huge aspect of it Mm -hmm. like when people see someone that's why uh, so many of these campaigns spend so much time trying to manufacture realness like that's that's what iowa is all about it's too much energy i I just don't understand how people had that much energy to to do that it takes so much energy to lie and to try to keep it all straight as opposed to just yeah this is what this is go ahead what else I feel like people now are more willing to just run for office and accept who they are just because of the people who have gotten office, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and there's less, like, there's less because of the things that we've seen because of social media and the way that, like, the news proliferates. We've seen so many instances of politicians behaving poorly or, and people are like, well, I could fucking do that. Like... And that's what I mean. <laughs> and, and that's what's starting to happen. And I feel like it's also, you know, the, the our ideas of what's wrong or right. and what's bad or yeah. what's good are shifting as well. Like marijuana, for example, is just one state after another. Yeah. It's becoming, I mean, we have some places where we've backtracked, like Texas and <laughs> <laughs> everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, my partner was just telling me the other day. My partner who lives in Texas full time was like, uh, yeah, I have to bring my ID to vote, I guess. Yes. Like, Texas requires you yeah. to bring an ID to vote. Yeah. He's, a th- state he's like, ID. oh man, like, should I bring some cash too in case there's a poll tax? God damn. Like, <laughs> so it's, there are some places where we're definitely moving backwards, but I feel like that's just, it's a reaction to the fact that most people are starting to be like, no, this is bullshit. People should be able to, like, we shouldn't be living this way anymore. Yeah. And so it's very cool to see people who are just like, I could do this. Let me try this out. And as somebody you said, who already works in nonprofits and like knows about like being on committees and stuff like that, you're in a really good situation. And I don't know. I like hearing people's thoughts. I'm sure there are things that you don't say out loud. (laughs) I'm saying them out loud now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because I know that can be when when you have like, I mean, I've never worked in politics, but working in the adult industry, you have a, a facade of who you are. And, you know, I remember hearing something from the w- woman who the agency I used to work for. And the woman says um, she she had like a really high pitched voice like Minnie Mouse. And she was uh, hookers are never sick. And that was like, <laughs> huh? you can be sick. But if guy texts and you're out, she's not going to say this person is sick. Yeah. She's going to say, oh, they're 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 off today like you 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 never want to be sad or you never want to be a bummer or you never want to talk about the harder things that you go through in the industry or you never want to talk about like just real shit and while i don't let the work aspect fully see everything i have noticed when i've gotten realer in some instances i'm not attracting maybe as many clients but i am attracting clients who are much more tolerable Mm -hmm. yeah I think to, to your point, I, I I think there is a facade for every work, right? Like we do yeah, this yeah. thing yeah. where because because I have facade at work, I can't I can't do this. Like I mean, <laughs> I can't like I, there's a facade, right? So I, I think there, there's always that little kind of like facade that exists. But ultimately, I think what we're starting to realize, especially when it comes to like politicians, is that you know our facades don't really matter like for politicians their their facades are we realize that they have them and to some extent we don't want to know everything yeah. right like i don't want to know like everything about a politician right. but <laughs> i i'm comfortable if if someone i find out uh for instance that uh, someone's running for office and they had a they were a stripper or a sex worker i don't really care about those things that doesn't negate them for me or if they went to jail or uh, the thing i care about is what they're doing now i, I want more politicians who've been in jail mm. Depends what they went to jail for. Like, I don't want a politician who went to jail right, for right, right. and drives. 
<laughs> no, no. I want I want a politician like, who went to jail for a, a joint. You know, yeah. I want okay. a politician. Right. Like I mean, who, I want to pick my spot still. Who went to jail yeah. uh, in a prostitution thing. Like I want to. I want politicians who've gone to jail for just like regular shit yeah. that regular people go to jail for. Right. For non-politician None of this Ponzi things. scheme right. bullshit. Non-politician or rich person thing. <laughs> as long as that, that what they went to jail for, I'm comfortable with that. Maybe even like tax evasion because that means you understand the tax code and maybe you're going to hook us all up. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe not murder. Not repeated not murder. tax fraud. <laughs> yeah. Not repeated tax evasion because you learned I your lesson. I feel like repeated tax evasion. Yeah, because like I feel like I feel like the government should give you the tax code is so obtuse and, and difficult. Yeah. I feel like you should get one tax fraud. Like <laughs> get you should one. get one. Your first one, one is free. Fraud. You get your first, your first one. one you're free. just like, oh shit, I don't know. Like this shit's confusing. Yeah. Or a mulligan. A mulligan. Yeah, a mulligan. I feel like you should get a mulligan. To be, to be fair, I, I worry every time I do my taxes. Yes. I am just like, am I committing a crime yes, right now? You are. Because I don't know if I did. <laughs> right. You are. You are committing. <laughs> every time you do your taxes, all of us, we're all just just committing crimes left and right. I don't know what standard exception means. I just take it. I'm like, yeah, sure, bang, standard exception. What does I, that mean? I what am I doing? Say, I will say this though. I think every person's level of of transparency mm-hmm. is different, and it's not yep. necessarily a bad thing. You know, I, it's one of the things. That I, I leaned into, especially last year, um, was that when I think about, especially with COVID, with everything that was happening, I'm like, man, I'm not going to complain about a lot because I'm single. I, I I have a roof over my head. I have a job. I didn't mm-hmm. lose my job. I don't have kids or a significant other, so I didn't. I don't have anybody else to worry about except for me. So especially yeah. during the campaign, so I'm like, you can't hurt me because I got me. Now, if I had a significant other, you know, I'm, it might get more a bit more tempered. If there mm-hmm. were children involved, you know might be a bit more right. tempered because I don't want somebody, you know, exposing my kids to bad right. behavior or stuff like that. And I know that's what other people were thinking right. about. And I say, like, maybe I was just, you know, figuratively, you know, balls to the wall because I'm like, I ain't got nobody to worry about but me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't, what you right. say about me or try to come at me with isn't going to hurt me, except for those two people that were going to try to ruin my professional reputation. Then yeah. the claws came out and I was like, uh-uh. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's it. It does feel, uh, especially right now too. I mean, I've I've seen so many instances of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of threats being sent to school board yes. uh, yep. people right now yeah. over things like critical race theory, which isn't even being taught yeah. in um, any pre-3K. school, ever, right? Anywhere. Like any school at all. Yeah. They just they're like you learn you're learning about Malcolm X. That's critical race theory. <laughs> just yeah. just and that. Just so, you learned about America's history. Critical race theory. Yeah. 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 And so they like. Like, people are really upset and like there are legitimately school board members retiring because they're getting death threats yeah like sent home to them with their children like they someone gave their child a little envelope and was like give this to your mom and i would say i think i would be a significantly different person with a record if i had kids yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I feel that to my core because I'm like, I see some of these things that happen and I'm like, how's that person not on the ground right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no way I would allow somebody to talk to my child like that or, or treat them in that yeah. certain way. So it's probably good I don't that have was, um there was an article yeah, I, in the Atlantic that I, I read this week where it talked about children's effect on uh, politics, mm-hmm. specifically in a liberal democracy, and how people become like patently irrational when it comes to their children. Like, it, it, like, and I get it because we'll do anything to protect our children, yeah. including uh, fighting against mass mandates, fighting against va- vaccines. And this is this is Jay. This is why this is like the whole reason. Like the, in the first few episodes of the show, that's why every time they want to push a law through that they know wouldn't be accepted otherwise they make it about saving children yeah or helping children or rescuing children yeah. like or preventing children from being human trafficked they're like okay how do we give the police more money human trafficking of children like that's literally the whole thing that they do now they just push even if the law actually negatively impacts children as a whole they'll still make it about the children yeah. like no child left behind that pat like i remember that be- <laughs> I, I was in school in the state of florida when no child left behind passed and we all called it every child yeah, left behind yeah. and we were 
teenagers and we knew. We knew. Yeah. And, and to your point, <laughs> I, I think that that irrationality exists. There, there's, I don't know how we get around it is what I'm saying. So like I, I've read a whole article mm. about it and I was like, man, how do you get past it? How do we get to a point where we are just like, you know what? Let's sit our children aside. I don't have a kid so I can do it easily. Right. Because I'm not sitting anything aside. I'm just like, yeah, let me just think about my life. Yeah. But for people no, who have children. They were like, listen, this, this is, if you don't pass this law, every single dog is going to be murdered. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know how it would be but, for but us. I, I get that. But what I'm saying is like, that's, first of all, would never happen. I dare you uh, to try to murder my dog. <laughs> Uh, but, but more to the point, I just, I just don't, I don't think, I don't think there's a way for you to to have a rational conversation. And, and I, I, maybe I'm, I'm uh, actually, I know I'm uh, overgeneralizing. There's not a way for you to really have a rational conversation with someone once their mind is set that something's going to harm their child. And sure. it's understandable, but I mean, like, I mean, what do you do now? Is like, especially if their mind is set on something going is going to harm their child, and I can't convince them that otherwise. Uh, and that's kind of where we are with the whole, all the fighting, like. There's in Ottawa and all the truckers who are fighting is, I think, a mask mandate. I'm not sure if it's a vaccine or a mask mandate. It's there, one of the two. There, it's the masks and the vaccine. Is it both? both. Are the truckers against both? Yeah. Okay, fine. I yeah. just know that they, I just they know that they shut that down Ottawa like, for three they weeks. They said they're right. second class citizens because they can't go into I just want to point out, three weeks they shut down Ottawa. Three, three weeks. I, I know the, what the responses are when I go protest and it's never three weeks lead time. It is never three <laughs> weeks. I never get three weeks they of like, They were inspired. They were inspired by us, Jay. Yeah. We're, we're expanding uh, American. That's that okay. Well, I, I hope they continue to expand that because I I would love to get just let me protest for three weeks and wreak havoc for three weeks three for weeks. three weeks. Oh my god, I solved so many problems. Um, <laughs> but anyway, okay, uh, we have to wrap. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Alicia, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, uh, this thanks actually for having has been, me. This is fun. Yeah, this is this has been fantastic. I learned some things. If you want to be found on social media, <laughs> if you want to be found on social media, <laughs> I'm all uh, over the place. By listeners, how would they find you? Where would you want to be found at? Um, I would say Twitter is the best place okay. to find me at, and everything kind of springs from there. And that handle is simply Alicia in Edmonds. So A L I C I A I N Edmonds. So awesome! It's a great follow. I follow you. It's fantastic. Yes. V. If you would like to be followed. Uh, yeah, you can find me on the Instagram mm-hmm. uh, where you can also find a bunch of cute pictures of my dog. Right in the Very you can cute find dog. me on Twitter. Less cute pictures of my dog, but more stories about my dog. Yep. And then you can also find me sometimes on TikTok, which I am still learning how to do. And every video takes me hours. So please be kind. <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. What about you, Jay? Uh, you where can, can people find you besides driving your way to, to the airport? <laughs> yeah. Breaking the speed limit. Uh, you can find me um, on Twitter and on Instagram at adjective underscore J for both. Uh, you can actually find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frowntown Pod. We're also on Twitch. Don't ask me what it is because I forgot it just now. We're on it. Just look up Frowntown. Um, thank you for the listeners listening to us. It's just Frowntown Pod. I, think, I don't remember if it's Twitch. Pod or just Frowntown. I, I honestly don't remember. Look it up both. I, I, we're wasting time. <laughs> Uh, thank you to listeners who are listening to the show on Good Pods uh, and on other platforms. I think Good Pods now is like our most listened to platform, wow, which is wild. Yeah, people are really listening to yeah. it on Good Pods, which is awesome. Uh, please continue to do that. As I've been saying, give me five star reviews. I don't take four stars. I'm not a four star show. Don't you dare insult me. I'm a five star show. I know the work I put into this. <laughs> I've established that multiple times. Somebody's like, well, what if they give you something to work for? I don't need humility. I need five stars. So give me five stars. Um, to everyone who is listening to the show, thank you so much for listening to it uh there's only one other thing that i want to say and it's just that we've done this uh like a series of shows for black history month with uh black people on the show um that i have thoroughly enjoyed i hope you enjoy it as well i want to do more stuff like this uh mm. with more than just black people yeah. um and more than just for a month uh alicia thank you for being on the show you're welcome thank you so much yeah crank it up final question Uh-oh. final question i have for you alicia uh, i'm gonna put you on the spot and it's, it's only a two or three minute question okay if i'm going for drinks in edmund <laughs> I'm ready. Where should I go first and where should I go last? Oh, okay. So I should start at? First. Okay. I will say start at Calnero. Okay. Start at Calnero. Start at Calnero. And you can do a, you can go Calnero, um, walk on down to like Daphne's. Okay. 
Swell, um, Bardojo. Bardo Bardojo is nice. I love Bardojo. That's my, that's my spot. Also, uh, dope appetizers at Bardojo. Like, yes, really good appetizers. Yes, that, that is my their spot. Their apps are good. That yeah, their apps are really Chef good. Louise yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, Chef Luis is the man. Ah, um, wow, amazing. Then also, like I said, Niles, Nile Peacock's um, Kitchen and Bar. Okay. Like, he makes craft cocktails, like smoke and stuff. Oh, nice. Yes. Oh, so we're, we're talking about mixology. Happening. Mixology. I like it. If you just wanted to have a good beer or a cider, Bridges Bottle Shop. Bridges Bottle Shop. Okay. And I had to say last, and I'm only saying last because I haven't personally been there yet. Okay. That's In fair. I haven't been to Ingles. Ingles, I have been to Ingles. I will say it's a really good venue for live music. And because I'm trying to make it into a venue right. for live comedy, that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, <laughs> well, last is not shout out because to Ingles. of quality. I just haven't <laughs> been there yet. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Ingles. Uh, call me. Um, <laughs> it's an amazing venue. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, the best venue, I think, for live music in Edmonds. And again, gratuitous advertisement because I want to work with you. Um, <laughs> uh, Alicia, thank you so much for being on the show. I hope that at some point you will want to come back on the show. Of course. And update us about all the uh, many, many things you're doing for the community. Yeah, when you win. You know how yeah, to find me. So many things you're doing for the community. Uh, uh, yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> uh, we are going to leave everybody uh, with FCON. Yeah, FCON. Yeah,